Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Well, good morning, Harvest. We're so glad to see you today. Thank you all so much. Right this way, right that way this morning. We're so excited. We are in our series through the valley, and we want to welcome all of the people here and all of the people in the overflows that we're completely okay. Ain't no more room on the campus. Would you shout and celebrate everybody here? We're so excited that you're here today. Smile at somebody. Say, this is going to be good for you today, man. This is going to be good for you today. We're so excited about that. We welcome those watching on our internet campus. We're in a series called Through the Valley, and I am so excited about this word. They're going to leave the house lights on for just a moment uh, so that when I step over off into my prop, I don't fall. Amen. So just, y'all, y'all just work with it. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready to get into the word today? If you lift your Bibles high, let's make our confession of faith. If you don't have a Bible, that's all right. Just lift your hand and say this with me. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message Hallelujah. Remain standing if you will. Go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. We're excited about this series through the valley. I don't care if you're the pastor. I don't care if you're the plumber. I don't care if you've known Jesus your whole life. I don't care if you're going to meet him for the first time today. You're going to have to go through some valleys. Look at somebody and say, you're going to have to go through some valleys. You, you, you're going to have some nights where you just can't do nothing but cry. You're going to have some days where you say, God, why me? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But look at your neighbor and say, I'm walking through this thing, man. Yeah, valleys weren't meant to be stuck in. They were meant to be walked through. Luke chapter 5, verse number 1. Let's look what it says. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret, verse 2, and uh, saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, 
or Peter's and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. I love Jesus because he's such a he's such an eloquent speaker that, that he says, listen, I'm so cool. I'll step in a boat and preach. So, so he steps in the boat and he gets he starts the preaching in verse four. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out to the deep and into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So he goes from preaching to fishing. Watch verse five. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, I've, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let down the net. See, I, I come today to talk to somebody that says, I, I, I really want to trust God again, but the last time it seems like I trust him, it didn't seem to work out for me. I really, I really want to trust people, but the last time I trusted somebody, it looked like I got let down. I really want to do uh, the right thing, but it seems like every time I do right, wrong happens. Y'all, y'all, don't, know, y'all don't speak the King's English here? Look what he says. He says, Master, I've been dealing with this problem all night and I haven't caught anything. He said, but nevertheless, because you said so, I'm going to let down my net. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught, watch this, y'all, a great number of fish, so much so that their net was breaking. Okay, it's real quiet in the church here. That ain't going to work for me. Uh, Verse 6, he says, and when they had done this, now remember, they spent the whole night before trying to get something done and nothing happened. And because Jesus said so, all of a sudden, they got so many fish that their net begins to break. I dare you to high five somebody next to you and tell them, say, your net's getting ready to break, man. I know you had a rough year. I know you've been through some storms. I know you've been through some disappointments. I know you've been stressed out. I know you've been ticked off, but your net is getting ready to, I I need a church here. High five somebody say your net's getting ready to break. Look, verse 7, so when they had signaled, check this out, y'all, they had to tell their partners. See, in, in, in the South, uh, we don't say friends, we say partners. One of my partners, anybody from the South? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to call their partners, not partners. They partners in the other boat to come help them. And they came and filled, watch this, y'all, both the boats. So much so that the boats began to sink. See, I'm here to let somebody know as we're in the last quarter of this year, in the last few weeks of this year, you got to end strong. Tell somebody to say, end strong. And what God's getting ready to do in your life is going to be so overwhelming that you didn't even have a room enough to come. Somebody in here is going to get something today. They went from being up the whole night stressed out. I think I got some folk that know something about some stress. You, you, you listen, listen, listen. listen. You, you ever been so stressed out that you couldn't do nothing but just cry? Or maybe that's not true. You ever been so stressed out you couldn't even say nothing? You just And people ask you, what's wrong with you? you Okay, all right, I'm, I'm finna help somebody. If you don't get nothing, I don't even care. I'm finna help myself. Look, 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 verse 9, or verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, check this out, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now check this out, this is, this is, this is a paradox because he gets exactly what he wanted, but now he's scared of it. He got more fish than what he knows what to do with. And now he falls on his knees and says, Lord, please leave me alone. It's too good. Could it be possible that you ain't scared of failure, but you're scared of succeeding? Could it be possible you ain't scared of the folks that's talking about you? But all right. Peter says, Lord, please leave me alone, Lord. This is too good to me. He says, I'm a sinful man. Why are you being so good to me? Lord, I made some mistakes. Why are you being so good to me? Lord, I fell 
called you. Why are you being so good to me? I, I, I'm here to tell you, Peter didn't get the message about grace and mercy. All right. Verse 10, here it is, and we're going to sit down a minute. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, listen, quit being scared. He said, from now on, you're going to catch men. And verse 11 says, here it is. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook everything and they followed him. Father, speak to us now. I decrease that you might increase. Over these next few moments as we go through this next installation of this series through the valley, I pray that you would speak to each of us in such a profound way. Everybody in here is in a different place in life. Everybody in here is in a different situation in life. But one thing we have in common, we have to face valleys. And so I pray, Father, that today I would preach somebody through their valley. I decrease that you might increase, that somebody that came in here stressed out and somebody that came in here worried and somebody that came in here disappointed, that they would be preached, preached right through their valley. I'm not speaking to losers. I'm not speaking to failures. I'm not speaking to mistakes. I'm speaking to people that are the head and not the tail. I'm speaking to people that are overcomers. I'm speaking to people that are more than conquerors. And so, Father, I pray that the king that's inside everybody would wake up this morning in Jesus' name. Harvest, if you believe that, I need you to shout this morning. Oh, I need everybody to shout. If you got breath in your body, shut somebody and tell them, I'm walking through this valley, man. I'm walking through this valley. You can be seated. They're going to leave the house lights on for just a moment. This series is going to speak to you wherever you're at, whether you're coming out of a valley, valley uh, whether you're in one, or whether you're going to face one in the future. So I want to approach this particular text that we've just looked at uh, like a doctor with a scalpel, and I want to pull it apart layer by layer. Somebody say layer by layer. Uh, Luke 5 and 1 says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. Uh, watch this. Essentially, the people basically push, push Jesus to the edge of the lake because the crowd is growing. Somebody say the crowd is growing. Uh, matter of fact, please understand, this place that they were at, the Sea of Genesaret, has been in the Bible for a long time. This word, uh, Genesaret, was the Greek version of the word Chinnereth. Now, I just want you to see this, so I want you to get an idea of the geography and the topography of where they were. In Joshua 13, 27, it says this, And in the valley, Beth Haram, Beth Nimrah, Sukkoth, and Zephon, the rest of the kingdom of Shihon, king of Hezbon, with the Jordan as uh, its border, as far as the edge of the sea, of Shinnereth. Now, I just told you that Shinnereth there, uh, 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 that Genesaret is the Greek version of this word right here. So check it out. The beginning of verse 27 tells you where they're at, y'all. In a valley. Say they're in a valley. Say it again. Say they're in a valley. So Jesus is at a lake in a city that's in a valley. Matter of fact, I got a picture of where exactly where Jesus was so you can get an idea of it for yourself. Here's the picture right here. Here's the picture right here. Here's the picture right here. There it is. So check this out. Jesus, if I could be Bishop Vanna White for just a moment. J Jesus is basically right down here because that's the lake of Genesaret or, or Chinnereth in the Hebrew. Jesus is right down there. And there's so many people that they've pushed him now to the edge of this particular lake. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But they were in a valley. Say in a valley. Now watch this. The Bible often communicates two messages simultaneously. There is the literal historical occurrence and then there is a spiritual principle. That's why I often give you both the Hebrew and the Greek words so that you understand that there's two things being said. Somebody say two. 
God's word is in his Bible. This Bible is not just a history book. This word is alive. I'm telling you, the Bible is so awesome that you could have read it one time five years ago and it meant one thing to you. But now when you read it five years later, you got a whole nother understanding. See, I think there's some people that read that he was a healer, but then you needed to be healed. And then you found out for yourself that I know that I know that I know that I know. I think there's some people in here that you didn't know how it was going to get done, but you found out that he was a way maker because this word is alive. Touch somebody say it's alive. Now check this out. Watch this. Watch this. Stay with me. Genesaret literally means, the definition, it means the garden of riches or an area with very rich soil. Now doesn't that sound good? An area of riches. When you think of riches, riches has different meanings. It's relative for different people. To some people, riches is, you know, a job with 2.3 kids and a, you know, suburban home out by Southlands. To other people, riches is something totally different. To, to someone else, riches is a jet and a helicopter and this and that. To somebody else, riches is just being able to pay their next week's rent. So riches is relative, but understand this, the connotation of the word was that they'd be better than they currently were. Uh -huh. So they're at a place that's designed to get them somewhere better than they currently were. I'm going to help you here. Uh, but now take this out. The meaning of the word Genesis Horeb, uh, it sounds out really nice. You know, it, it sounds really nice. It, it's going to be better. Riches, whatever that means to you, it's going to be better. But check this out. The story doesn't start out that way. They're at a place, a garden of riches or an area with very rich soil that quite frankly starts out as a disappointment. And can I be honest with you? It's often like that in life. Sometimes you got to understand that treasure is hidden in trash. Sometimes you need to understand that great messages are hidden in your mess. Sometimes you need to understand that your testimony is hidden in your test. You got to understand that often your opportunity is hidden in your opposition. The challenge that you and I face is finding the treasure that's hidden. And matter of fact, uh, in the English language, they created a word for that. Somebody said there's a word for that. Hence today's message. It is the word serendipity. Say it with me. Okay, y'all are good class. Serendipity means happy accident, pleasant surprise, or fortunate mistake. Come on here. It means it's the accident of finding something good or useful while not specifically searching for it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. See, you were looking at your mess, but God was saying, I'm getting ready to make a message out of this thing. You were looking at your issue, and God said, I'm getting ready to turn this thing around for you. It means it's a pleasant surprise. High five somebody. Say, he's going to surprise you. He's going to surprise you. Watch this. So there's several. There's ten, matter of fact, serendipitous revelations that I'm going to give you throughout the text. Uh, the first one is this. Just throw up a number one at me. Throw up a number one. The first one is this. Disappointment is only a hiding place. I'm going to say it again. Disappointment is only a hiding place. Our challenge in our everyday lives, and guess what? While you and your neighbor are sitting next to one another, you don't know the challenges or the issues that your neighbor's facing. They're smiling in church today, and they're shouting in church today, but you don't know what they were dealing with last night. You, you don't know what they were dealing with last week. You don't know the issues that they're facing. And so check this out now. Watch this. Disappointment is a hiding place, and we have to learn how to be detectives searching for something good. Okay, got real quiet right there. Bishop, what do you mean? What's supposed to be a valley of a garden of riches looks like a valley of disappointment for Peter. It was only when Jesus stepped into the scene that the thing turns and now it becomes serendipity. Say it with me. Uh, which means, watch this. When you face opposition in your life, rather than saying, God, why me? And don't we like to say that? Y'all looking at me real strange and otherwise. Does your neighbor say, come on here. 
Don't make Thug Bishop have to come because he'll come. I just tell you, he'll come. I put him on ice today, though. He... <laughs> Bishop, what are you trying to say? Uh, often when we're in a mess, don't we like to. Woe is me. Nobody knows the trouble. Nobody knows. Oh, if that's not your song, your song is this. All my life I had to fight. Or, or maybe that's not you. Maybe yours is, I take one step forward. And I get knocked back too. But what we have to do, the, the art of serendipity is this, is I'm a detective looking for something good in this. Which means I know I should be crying. I know I should be depressed. I know I should be mad. I know I should be upset. But I got to learn how to be a detective. I'm going to find something to shout about out of this. I'm going to find something to give God glory for about this. I may not be where I want to be. But you know what I'm going to shout about? I'm not where I used to be. You know what? People may be saying this and that about you. But thank God that must mean you're important to somebody. Say I'm a detective. I'm a detective. But verse 2, watch this, watch this. We're just, we're, just, we're just talking. Verse 2. And they saw two boats standing, or Jesus rather, saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. <laughs> Look at this, y'all. The way Luke tells the story, because Dr. Luke, who was the Gentile physician, he, he writes this story. It, it makes it seem like it's almost accidental that Jesus sees the boats. Now, you just saw where Jesus was. So basically, Jesus is preaching, Jesus is preaching, the crowd gets getting bigger, and Jesus is kind of just like backing up. Because they're like, oh, man, that's awesome. Oh, that's right, that's right. And they shout, and they shout, and they pray. And then Jesus just keeps backing up, and then he turns around, and then he sees these boats. And then when Jesus sees these boats, the, the way Luke tells the story, he makes it sound like it's accidental that he saw the boats. Serendipitous revelation number two. Throw a two up at me. Revelation number two is this. Watch this. What seems accidental to you is providential to God. Now, somebody said, Bishop, what does providential mean? It just means it required divine foresight. It's a level of vision that's above your pay grade. Means that you couldn't have figured this thing out on accident. And that's why it seems like an accident to you. But God says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew that day was coming. And I had foresight to know just what you were going to need. So take this out. Jesus is preaching to the people. But as he's preaching to the people and being backed up, he's being backed up into some people that need to have their faith upgraded. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The people are coming at Jesus, and as Jesus is backing up, Jesus turns around seemingly on accident, and he turns around and says, but there's some boats right here. Tell somebody say there's some boats right there. Well, watch this. Can I tell you, we found this campus on accident. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Many of you found Harvest on accident. I found out I was created to be a pastor on accident. You, you ain't hear what I'm saying. You found out that you were stronger than your storm on accident. You found out that you could take a licking but keep on ticking on accident. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You found out that you were like a bobblehead dog, baby. You could get knocked down, but you just... I wish you touched your neighbor and said, that wasn't no accident. Maybe that was God's providence. God is too wise to be dumb. What's this? Watch this. The boats were empty and the fishermen were washing their nets. Imagine the disappointment. Anybody in here ever been disappointed? <laughs> they had decided, watch this, that it just wasn't going to work out for them. So much so that they were cleaning up. Let me talk to your neighbor. Don't you just hate 
when people show up to get started, when you're ready to clean up. This is what you mean. You told them the baby shower started four. Not four, four. Mm -hmm. They show up at 6.15. Talking about, let's get it going. Let's get it going. Half the folk that left and went home. Don't you just hate when people show up when you're ready to clean up? Serendipitous revelation number three. Throw a three at me. God often shows up when you're ready to clean up, put up, give up, and shut up. He always shows up when you just about said, I don't even care no more. Can I tell you something? Often when you get to the end of you, that's when he shows up and says, let's get the party started. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. Jesus, one of his first miracles, turning water uh, into wine, and I don't have time to deal with that, but please do not use that as a way to justify. Okay, but I ain't got time. I ain't got time to deal with that today. I ain't got time to deal with that today. I'm on the clock. I ain't got time to deal with that today. But please understand this. Jesus shows up once all of this good stuff is gone. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Touch your neighbor and say, just when you're ready to clean up, that's when he shows up. Just when you say, you know what, I don't think it's going to work for me. That's when Jesus shows up and says, let's have a discussion. Just when you say, God, I'm tired of praying about it. That's when he says, let me show you something. Just when you say, God, I'm tired of being nice to folk that ain't nice to me. That's when he shows up. Just when you say, God, I'm sick and tired of doing right and the wrong happens to me. That's when he shows up. I'm not talking to anybody. That When you're ready to clean up, Jesus shows up to the party at 615. Are you still here? That's because 2 Corinthians 12, 9 teaches us a principle. The apostle Paul is having a dialogue with God and he says, Lord, please take this thing from me. And God says, no, no, no. He asked him three times and the apostle uh, uh, and God's response is, no, I'm not going to take it. My grace is sufficient for you. And in that, God says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness, which means when you run out of you, that's when he's ready to start. Can I tell you some of the hell you've been going through? It's because God says, when you going to run out of gas and start depending on me? When you going to stop trying to figure it out on your own and just give that thing to me? When are you going to stop trying to carry a burden that the truth is you ain't strong enough to carry anyhow without God? Hear me. And it's not because God wants you weak. He just wants you meek. Meek means submissive. God's not interested in having a weak church. He's not interested in having weak Christians that back down all the time. God says, I don't want you weak, but I want you meek. I want you to learn how to submit. I want you to learn how to get up under something. Are you still here? What's this? What's this? What's this? Verse 3. Then he got into one of the boats, Jesus does, which was Simon's or Peter's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he taught the multitudes from in the boat. So Jesus steps off into the boat. Now evidently Jesus is tired in the boat. Y'all like my boat? They took this thing out the box. I said, God, I I might go white water rafting or something. Maybe, probably not. But Jesus gets in the boat and the Bible says he sits down on the boat. So Jesus gets in the boat he takes a seat on the boat, and he teaches from the boat, and he asks Peter, he said, pull the boat a little bit out so that they don't try to come off in the boat. Sometimes when you begin to get separated from the crowd, it's because God has a private lesson. 
Sometimes God says, I want to do a private tutoring session with, with you. So he says, pull, pull, pull out the boat a little bit, Peter. Jesus gets in the boat. He's sitting down and he starts preaching from the boat. He essentially uses Peter's boat as a stage. So he's getting in the boat. Now check this out. He's got no microphone. He's got no megaphone. Don't have an iPhone. He ain't got nothing. He's just talking. But the people are listening so intently that as he talks, what he's saying is penetrating to the very core of who they are. I learned something about God. He doesn't have to talk loud to talk strong. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He gets in the boat. He's using the boat as a stage and he's preaching to the people. And then Jesus, out of nowhere, finishes his message. He's like, you know, I think Jesus probably, you know, because I think Jesus likes harvest. And so... This is what I think. You don't have to. I don't care what you think. You, you can know that because I didn't ask you, so that's how you do it. Okay. Uh, and, and, and I bet you Jesus does the benediction when he finishes his message. I bet you Jesus is like, amen, everybody. Love God. Love people. And love life. Amen. Go in peace. And may my peace go with you. Then Jesus says, hey, Pete, let's go get something to eat, man. Jesus, just like a preacher, want to eat after church? He's like, let's go get something to eat. He says, launch your boat out into the deep for a catch. Now, he tells Peter this after he knows that Peter has been toiling all night for a catch. You're not hearing what I'm saying here. He says, he says, he says, Peter, uh, I want to stretch you and I want to stretch you at an inopportune time. He says, Peter, I want to stretch you after I know you've been up all night. You ain't had no sleep. You're disappointed. You're angry. You ain't empty. You five miles past empty. You ever had to ride your gas light and pray in the Holy Ghost the whole time you're driving? Oh, y'all don't know nothing about that. You ever had to say, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, please let me get to where I'm going. Lord, please let me get to where I'm going. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. But wait a minute, because I know I'm on a hill. That's why the lights are on. I'm on a hill. But as soon as I come up off that hill. You ever say, God, I'm spent. I'm so tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And then Jesus says, let's go fishing, Peter. He's about to stretch Peter at an inopportune time. Serendipitous revelation number four. Throw a four up at me. Faith in action is stretching. And if you feel stretched right now, don't fight the stretch. Just go with it. You sitting here trying to, well, Lord, I just want to be like it was. God says, I ain't studying like it was. Let me translate Denver. Studying means I'm no longer concerned with it being in that way. God says, I don't care nothing about how it was. Didn't you read your Bible? I am the God who does a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. I'm not interested in you handling it the way you used to handle it. I'm trying to upgrade your faith. I'm not, I don't care nothing about how it was. I'm trying to get it to what it is. How about somebody say, what it is, what it is. He says, Pete, let's, let's stretch, and, and, and I'm going to stretch you at an inopportune time. <laughs> Watch this. Verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Jesus gives this directive, listen to me, after watching them clean their nets. So that means Jesus knew they didn't catch anything. 
You have been in the middle of one of God's chess games with himself. Because it is not God versus the devil. That's foolishness. That ain't nowhere in your Bible. What it is is God and God. God sits on one side, makes a move, and then gets on the other side of the table and says, now let me make another move. He plays chess with himself because he, he says to Peter, now I, I watched you clean your net. So I know you didn't catch nothing. I know it didn't work out for you. And I know you're tired, and I know you're disappointed, and I know all of that. But, but check this out, serendipitous revelation number five. Throw a five up at me. Often when you're not ready, Jesus is. When you're like, Lord, I just need time to rest, he's like, Mm-mm, let's go running. When you say, God, I just need some time to heal, he's like, mm-hmm, heal while you're walking. Lord, I just need some time to just sit down. Uh-huh, well, well sit down when you go to sleep. But for right now, I need you to be handling business. See, can I tell you something about your neighbor? This is for free. This ain't in the notes. Can I tell you something about your neighbor? Because you're real spiritual and deep, but that neighbor of yours we're working on today. Your neighbor lets their enemies see them sweat far too often. You sitting up here walking all depressed, got your head down, all, de- all de- and God says, listen, you can heal while you're walking, but right now I know you're not ready, but I am. I know your faith ain't built up like you think it should be, but I think it's just good right now. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He's ready to increase or to stretch Peter's faith. Say, I'm in a stretch. stretch. (laughs) Now, check this out. Imagine Jesus saying this to him. Jesus finishes preaching. So, you know, Peter's faith is probably a little higher now because he just finished listening to the message. So his faith is probably a little higher. Just got out of church and now they're getting ready to go eat. We're going to eat in just a moment. Check check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Peter was probably expecting more disappointment. Can we have an honest moment real quick? You, You have been in life to where all you expect is bad. You don't even set yourself up to expect good because you say to yourself, I don't want to I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. So all I'm expecting is mess. Okay, let me talk to you because your neighbor ain't saying nothing to me. You, 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 have, you, have, you, have been, you have been so beaten down by your circumstance. And here's the truth. Isn't it crazy how we get beaten down by the circumstance? Because we're letting that one circumstance negate all of the other great things that are happening. It's 7 billion almost people on the planet and you letting one ruin your day. You got too much power if you can do that. That's seven billion of y'all. So if one you don't like me, I'll pick another. You ain't saying another. Does your neighbor say, say, I, say I, I'd like for you to like me. Say, but if you don't, I'll pick another. It's seven billion choices. That's the greatest buffet you could ever have. But, Bishop, what what's the point you're trying to make? How we can let one little thing negate all these other great things that are happening. You let the one bill ruin the fact that you paid off 10 of them this year. You, you, let, you let the one something somebody said that, that made your self-esteem not feel so great negate the fact that you lost 20-something pounds. And, 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 that, and that... Okay, all right, fine, whatever. All right, watch this. Watch this. Peter was probably expecting more disappointment because guess what? He was a human being. These are not just Bible stories. These are real people. But notice Jesus' command. He says, launch out into the deep part of the lake. 
He says, we ain't staying in the shallow water. <laughs> I'm going to help somebody. The word deep in the Greek is the word bathos, which means where we get our word bath. Jesus says, let's take a bath in this, Peter. But watch this. Is it possible that Peter never really went far enough before? Is it possible that he never really gave it his all? Is it possible that he never really saw it all the way through? Is it possible that he didn't, uh, ha or he had a proclivity to not finish what he started? Is it possible that Peter never really sold out all the way? Is it possible that Peter never really trusted Jesus with everything? See, let's be honest. We have those areas where we say, God, I know you got that. But we have those other areas that we keep on reserve and say, well, God, I'm going to handle this one because I'm just not sure if you got this one. Okay? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Jesus says to Peter, he says, not let's just go out to where it's deep. He says, let's go out to where it's too far to turn back. He says, let's get so far into this thing that you can't turn back. And I got an announcement to make to somebody at the Harvest Campus today. You got to hear me. Jesus is saying, I'm sick of you being in the shallow water with me. He said, I want you to take a bath in this. If I'm going to be your God, let me be your he says, if I'm going to be your source, let me be your source. If I'm going to be your healer, let me be your healer. If I'm going to be your wake anchor, let me do it. He says, Peter, let's take a bath in this. Let's get fully immersed. Now, ladies, y'all understand something about baths. Because you sit in there for hours. And you keep running all the hot water in there. <laughs> and then you put your phone in there and be talking on your phone. And you be praying, Lord, I hope I don't drop this in the bath. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Jesus says, Peter, come here, Pete. He says, come here, Pete. He says, you're going to take a bath in this. He said, because I don't really think you really gave me your everything. You gave me your comfortable thing. You gave me what you were comfortable giving me, but you didn't give me everything. And God is, is, is like this. God says, I want it all. I want, watch this, I want your faith, check this out, and I want your doubt. He says, why are you sitting up here trying to front with me? He says, give it all to me. Give me not only your celebration, but also give me your depression. He said, I, I want you to give me your joy, but also give me the crying. Give, give it all to me. Touch somebody and say, he wants it all. He won't. So watch this, verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless... Because you said so. See, I know we live in a generation, especially in Denver, where you got to have a reason for why you're doing what you've been told to do. Oh, y'all ain't going to say nothing right there? See, where I come from, where I grew up, is, is the response to why was I told you so. so some of y'all know something about that. Wasn't no time out. We had something else. Anybody know what something else is? Well, no. What, no, go stand in the corner, Timmy. No, 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 no. It was, Timmy, can you make it to the corner once I'm through? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? I think some of y'all know what I'm talking about. What, 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 no, what, no, put your head down on no desk. It was, you better hope they couldn't reach the desk to use against you. It wasn't no go wash them pots and pans. It Okay, y'all, all right, fine, fine. 
fine. Now, I'm not endorsing the breaking of any local, state, and federal laws. Check, check, check this out. Check this out. Because we live in a culture that says, I need to know why before I do, we live in a culture that doesn't see great miracles from God. Because you want to know why, and he just wants you to do it. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. He says, nevertheless, because you said so at your word, I'm going to let down the net. Now, you know I'm tired. Now, you know I'm stressed. Now, you know I got these issues. Now, you know we're going to cost us more money. You just saw us cleaning up our nets. You know we're expecting disappointment. But because you said so, I wish that there was at least 150 of y'all that said, God, because you said so. I, I, you know I don't feel like it, but because. You know I don't feel like loving my enemies, but because you said so. You know I don't feel like praising you because I'm stressed out, but because you said so. He says, I'm almost through. He says, he says, watch this. Nevertheless, because you said so, I'm going to let down the net. Check this out, though. It's interesting. Look at verse 5. It says, but Simon answered and said to him. Now, check this out. Jesus didn't ask him a question. Jesus said, let out your nets in the deep. But look at verse 5. Luke says, but Simon answered him. Now, now, wait a minute. We got a problem. Because basic linguistics and basic semantics and basic uh, understanding of the way the English language works is how could I answer what wasn't asked? A statement ends with a period, not a question mark. Jesus gave a statement, not a question. But Luke records that Simon answered Jesus. I'm going to mess with your neighbor real quick. Could it be possible that embedded in Jesus' statement was an unspoken question? Serendipitous revelation number six. You're going to need both hands for this one. Throw six up at me. God asks questions with statements. But see, what do you mean? Embedded in Jesus' statement was this. Peter, will you do it even though you don't think it'll work? Peter, will you do it even though you're tired? Peter, will you try one more time? Peter, will you give me one more chance? Just give me, give me. Peter, will you pray about it one more time? I, I know you didn't think it worked when you prayed that time. Peter, will you fast about it one more time? Peter, will you shout about it one more time? He says, embedded in my statement is a question. Will you, will you do it again? What's this? Can I tell you something I had this happen to me just this week. I was going through my targeted prayer list, which you can learn all about in Kingdom Life University, which starts next week. A new session starts next Sunday. Watch this. And I got to the last item on my targeted prayer list. And I was, I mean, I was full of faith. I mean, I was, I was walking around my house and then, you know, I was going, you understand? I mean, I was in it. You understand? You have just gone in. Now, if you don't know what that means yet, just, just keep on coming to harvest. You'll figure out what it means after a while. I mean, I went in. I was nasty praying, like just you know what you praying and just stuff all you just just nasty. And I got to the last item on my targeted prayer list, and I'm like, okay, now God, <laughs> now I ain't sure about this one. I said, Lord, I'm, I'm I I don't really want to pray that one. Can I be honest with you? Because like God, because I don't want to be disappointed by that one. Oh, see, y'all can't handle the bishop's honesty today. That's fine. I'm, I'm like, God, I don't want to pray that one. I said, I'm cool with all the rest. And I mean, I prayed hard for the rest. So the rest is cool. This here, this right here. 
I don't know. I don't know if I'm here to do that. No, I don't know if I'm here to do that. I don't know if I'm be able to do that. And, and, and the reality is, is that as I was preparing this message, he was like, okay, he's like slapping me around. He's like, pray what I pray when I tell you to pray. Because I beat you when I want to. When I want to. When I want to. He's like slapping me around. And he's like, he's like, look here. Pray it. It's like, but what if you don't do it by that time? He said, I'm not. But pray it because I said so. I think there's some people in here that you've been through enough hell that you learn that when he says to do something, you just do. I know you don't feel like tithing because he said to do it, do it. I know you don't feel like, okay. Okay, watch this, verse 6. I'm almost through. Verse 6, and when they had done this, <laughs> check this out, they caught a great number of fish. Old King James says fish is. Now, here's what's unique about the word fish is. Fish is plural on its own. So, when the old King James says fish is, it means multiple types of different kinds of fish. They didn't just go get some tilapia. They got tilapia, and I don't know what kind of fish would be in the water, so just flow with me in the analogy. They got some uh, swordfish. They got some bass. They got some trout, little shark. Ahi-grade tuna. Or what do they call it? Susie-grade tuna, whatever. Ahi, whatever. You know, they got it all. Touch your neighbor say they got it all. Check, check this out. Check this out. Now, this is where we shout. And if you don't shout, that's cool because I'm going to give you a chance to meet Jesus and then you'll learn why you need to shout. Check this out. Check this out. And when they had done this, what they do? What he said. Even though he knew they didn't want to do what he said. See, part of the issue we have is that sometimes we say, well, I'll do it when, 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 I'm, when my feeling's 100% in it. Can, can I just talk to you real, Frank? Can I say... Because y'all ain't looking at me at all. They shouting over here. Are y'all here today over here? Can I talk to you just real, just me and you? To hell with your feelings. Because on tomorrow you're going to feel this, and on Tuesday you're going to feel that, and the day after that you're going to hell with your feelings. If I don't feel it, I'm still going to do it. Well, I just don't feel like being loving. That's cool because it wasn't a request. It was a demand. It was a command. Forget what you feel. Can I tell you? There's going to be times you're going to say, God, I don't feel like you're there, but he is. There's going to be times where you don't feel like it's for you, but he is. There's going to be times you don't feel like you're favored, but you are. Yesterday in my house, it was the craziest thing. Y'all know the weather's changing. And so, and so when I came home, I had the air on. Because when I came in, I felt hot. Follow the analogy. About five minutes later, I said, God, dog is cold. So then I turned it on heat. About 10 minutes later, I said, the heat is on real hot. So I changed it again. Bishop, what are you trying to say? Stop letting your life dictate your temperature. You are not a thermostat where you read the environment. You are a thermometer where you set the environment, which means I'm going to choose to be thankful. I'm going to choose to be grateful. I'm going to choose to make today a great day. For those of you offended by what I said, I encourage you to get an adult license. 
I didn't mean that in a gratuitous sense. Hell is a, per is a noun, a person, place, thing, or idea. So when I said to hell with your feelings, I literally meant take them to hell. Bishop, what is hell? There's several definitions for the word hell. I'm glad you asked. One of the definitions is Hades, which means death. One of the definitions is Sheol, which means underworld. One of the definitions is Gehenna, which means hot trash. Take your feelings to the trash and say, I don't care what I feel. I know what I know. And my feelings will catch up later. You're not hearing what I'm saying. My feelings will catch up later. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm going to serve God when I feel it. No, my feelings will catch up. I'm going to start serving and then my feelings will catch up. All right, watch this. Watch this. I'm almost through. I'm almost through. Watch this. Watch this. Check this out. The word done here is an interesting word because in the Greek, it means this. Look at this. He said, and when they had done this, say done. done. Shout it at me. Done. Like shout like the Bronco game. <laughs> now see, Now, y'all will shout for them. But I'm trying to get your life on a whole nother place. Done. Done. If you was at that game, you wouldn't be talking about done. You'd be tearing that stand up in 30-degree weather. Well, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You can watch the game on the television. And it's much warmer that way. Because I don't know why we don't have no dome anyhow. No minutes. Okay, what's this? Okay, I'm just being funny. I'm just being funny. I'm just saying it's too cold here to not have no dome. Now, you know that. Don't be sitting up here. Well, I, listen. I know you like hiking and snow stepping and snow booting and all this here. But everybody ain't into that. It's way too cold here to not have no dome. And then in the hot city, well, Atlanta got a dome. It ain't nothing but hot, less hot, and a little bit less hot than that. Them the three temperature gauges they got. Arizona, oh, come on, it's always hot there. All right, watch this, watch this, watch this. Check this out. Here, here it is, I got to finish. The word done in the Greek, it means acted. Check this out. Committed. Gave. Agreed. Listen, this one's going to blow your mind. Without any delay. Cast out. And then this last one just really just shocked me. All of this from this one word. It, it literally translates to the circumstances don't move me. Y'all don't know when to shout in this church. Luke 5, 6. So let's read it right. Luke put up verse 6. And when they had, watch it now. And when they had acted. And when they had committed. God, I'm going to serve you as soon as I get my life right. That ain't happening. Serve him now and he'll get your life right. When they had gave, when they had agreed without any delay, when they had cast some folk out that needed to get cast out, and when the circumstances didn't move them, then they caught a great number of fish so much so that their net was breaking. I think I need some witnesses here that say, Bishop, I get what you're saying. Lord, I want to be a dunner. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I made it up. Lord, make me a dunner. What's that mean? That I'm going to act, I'm going to commit, I'm going to do it, and the circumstances do not move me. Where are the dunners at in the play? Any, any dunners at in this house that say, I don't feel like.
like it. It doesn't seem like it's going to work, but after I do it, it's going to be done, so I'll be a dunner. But watch this. It gets better. Watch this. Check this out. Check this out. Even with Jesus there, I know I made the word up. We got our own dictionary. Even with Jesus there, they still had to do something. And this is where many people get Christianity confused. Well, if God loves me, why won't he do? Well, see, you, somebody lied to you then. Just because a person on TV don't mean they know what they're talking about. <laughs> Broadcast stupidity is powerful stupidity because it makes you think that it's... And let me be clear, nothing against people on TV. We on TV. I'm just making a point. Check this out. Some, some of us are sitting back waiting on God to do. Matter of fact, in the old church, they wrote a song, Lord, do it. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Y'all remember the story that I've told it, or told it before. The man's in a flood. Flood comes up to his roof. He gets in. Watch this. A boat. Or on his roof, rather. A boat comes. And uh, he prays. He says to the Lord before the boat comes, he says, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. <laughs> and, and the Lord sends a boat. Probably looked a little bit like this. I'm just saying. The Lord sends a boat. And, and the man says, come on, I'm here to save you. And the man says, well, the Lord's going to save you. Don't worry about it. You go ahead. He's like, I got this brand new four-person boat from Gander Mountain. <laughs> or somewhere like that. And there's enough room for you. I, I got three spaces. There's enough room for you and your stuff. He says, he says, no, the Lord's going to save me. The boat drives off. Helicopter comes. Drops down the ladder. We're here to save you. We're here to save you. He waves back up. I'm good. The Lord's going to save me. The water eventually rises. The man dies. He drowns. He dies. It's a story. He drowns. He dies. And he gets in front of the Lord. And he says, Lord, why didn't you do? Why didn't you save me? The Lord responds, fool, I sent a boat that had room for you and your stuff. But you wouldn't realize that he was there to save you. Because while you were waiting on me to do, I did my part and I needed you to do your part and step in the boat. I'm here to tell you, while you waiting on God, God is saying, I'm waiting on you. I've, I've done my part. Now, I need you to do your part. He said, I sent a helicopter, fool, but you were waiting on me to do what I had already done. And so today, my challenge to us all is, while we're waiting on him to do, we got to do. Because watch this. Even with Jesus, the anthropos, the God man, so much God you can believe he's man, so much man you can believe he's God. He's standing on the boat. Peter, Peter, let's go out into the deep. He goes into the deep. Jesus is there. Jesus could have just said, fish, come. And all of a sudden, the fish would have started jumping in the boat. Now, that would have been cool, wouldn't it? Watch the fish start jumping in the boat. I mean, them Discovery Channel things about the salmon, how they be traveling, you could see it like, Shh. Could you imagine that? Okay, maybe I'm the only one that can imagine that. That would be exciting. You sitting there just riding your boat. and <laughs> Jesus could have just said, fish, come forth. I am God. (laughs) 
and drop the mic. Jesus could have. Some of y'all know. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ just dropped the mic. I mean, he, he, could done he didn't. Touch your neighbor and say he didn't. Check this out. Because watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Serendipitous revelation number seven. You need both hands. Throw seven up at me. Faith is not a feeling. It's an action even when you don't feel it. Jesus could have just made fists jump in the boat. But the problem is, then what they would have gotten is a bad precedent of how he works. God is not just sitting up, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Please understand, when Jesus hung on the cross, you know what he said? I'm through. He said, it. In other words, he said, everything I needed to do, I've given them. I've given them the keys to heaven, and I've given them the keys to the kingdom. I've given them everything they need. So are you sitting here waiting on me to just bring something out of heaven? Uh, Newsflash, ain't nothing from the rain. Don't. I've already sent the rain. I've already sent the blessing. I've already sent the healing. Everything I was going to do, I've done. I'm resting. Bishop, Bishop, what does that mean? What does that mean? What what, what, this? You do what you can do. And then let him do what you can't do. What Peter could do was take the boat out to the deep part of the lake, like he said, and put the net out. Then Jesus did what he could do. He he had a little fish song going on in the water that was drawing all the fish into the nets. Peter couldn't do that, but he could do what he could do. See, Bishop, what are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you while you're waiting on God to do his part, God is saying, but I need you to do your part first. What makes it faith, I'm helping myself. What makes it faith is not that I did it so you know it's going to work. What makes it faith is you do your part before you know I'm going to do my part. All right, it's, it's okay, y'all, y'all ain't saying that. Here it is, verse 7, I only got two more to give you. Verse 7, so they signaled their partners in the other's boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats. You don't understand. The night before, they didn't get anything. In the same lake. You, you, you're missing what I'm saying. They went to the same lake, and the night before, they didn't catch anything. Nothing. Okay, you're not getting it. You're not getting it. So they signaled their partners in the other boat and said, come help us. Because remember, the other boat stayed on the shore. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Watch what Jesus does. Jesus says, I'm going to show you something. He fills Peter's net. He fills his partner's net. He fills Peter's boat. He fills his partner's boat. See, what you don't understand is everybody connected to you is getting ready to experience. See, you're the interruption to your bloodline. I I wish I had somebody that would stand up and turn around one time. If you believe God's going to fix some things in your bloodline, he's going to fix some things in your family. Everything that's connected to you is getting ready to benefit from your faith. I wish I had some people in this place that said my family ain't going to be jacked up no more. My bloodline ain't going to be messed up no more. I am the interruption to be seated. He fills Peter's net, his partner's net. He fills Peter's boat, his partner's boat. Jesus says, I'm going to give you, watch this, because preachers like to preach double for your trouble. Jesus said, I'm going to give you quadruple. Since you had scruples. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Morals. Okay. Watch this. 
Watch this, watch this. He gives them so much that their boats start to sink. Now put up the picture of the lake real quick. Put up the picture of the lake. I just want you to see this real quick. Put up the picture of the lake. You got the lake? That ain't the lake. That's the lake. Now imagine they way, see they were way over there, y'all. They way out there. And their boats are sinking. To where now they went from worrying about having nothing to saying, what are we going to do with all of this? For somebody that's got enough faith in this place today, God says, I'm so bad, meaning he's good. God says, he's so good, he can shift your problem like that. From one moment your problem was, I didn't have enough, to the next moment your problem is, I got weight. What am I going to do? And he will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that you do not have room to receive it. Look at this. Look at this. Serendipitous revelation number eight. (laughs) Jesus does it big. God always outdoes himself. And if he did it for Peter 2,000 years ago, he can do it for you and I today. They went from nothing to so much that it was overwhelming. They were astonished because it was serendipitous. It was a pleasant surprise. It was an accident. They weren't expecting to find that. So much so they didn't even send the second boat out. They just took the first boat. Uh, okay, watch this, watch this. It was so, it was so big. Say big. See, so you, you, you got to take the box from around your God. One of our core values as a church is that there is no box. Now, that's just not talking about our approach to ministry, but check this out. That's talking about our approach to life. See, who told you, you you got to be broke? You don't have to like what I'm hearing. I'm just asking who told you that. Who told you you got to have all kind of drama in your family? Who told you you got to have messed up, jacked up relationships, but at least you got somebody? Who told you that? Touch your say, who told you that? Who told you that because you made some mistakes, God is never going to do anything great for you? Who told you that because you fell down a few years ago that God can't lift you back up? Who told you that you had to be messed up? Who told you that? Because watch this. Every one of us, if we're honest, are sitting inside of a box that we've created. Let me prove it to you. There's one way you take to work. And you have restricted yourself so that even though there's another way you could try, that might be quicker. You have boxed yourself in so much that, well, I can't go over there. Okay, y'all don't like what I'm saying? You've boxed yourself in so much that what you say is, well, I only got a 30-minute lunch. So, what? Y'all going to do it like that? Really? You box yourself in so much that you get your check. And you say, hmm. Well, I don't even know. What don't you know? Oh, y'all don't like what I'm saying today. Good. So I'm going to spend time. See, if you had shouted, I'd moved on. See, if you don't say nothing, then that means I'm going to get in your Kool-Aid. What's the flavor? Uh Uh-huh. Or purple for some of you that like the variety. 
course, we, we, so that we can have an intelligent conversation, we understand that we're being facetious when we say that the flavor is a color. Who, 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 who box you in to say that every time somebody confronts you, you got to be sister girl? Oh, it's quiet. All the sister girls just got sister girl with me. Come on up here and do that. <laughs> do it right around here. Mm-hmm. Who told you that when someone criticizes your performance that it's an automatic criticism of your individuality? Oh, so y'all don't like what I got to say. Uh-huh. You created a box. Who told you, well, I just got to, I just got to live with this sickness. It must be God's will. No, it's not. He told you, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as you sober. So who told you that? Who told you that? Who said that? Say today, I destroyed a box. See, I, I went to see, y'all know I like movies. Can, can, can I borrow two minutes here? Because I only got two more points to give you. I, I, got, I went to see uh, a movie yesterday, uh, 12 Years a Slave. And, um, and, um, and, and so as I'm watching the movie, uh, lots of things are happening in my mind. And as I'm watching the movie, I, I'm looking at how, I started taking notes, but I said, I, I'm all, I ain't, I ain't got no more room for no more series. So I just, <laughs> just ain't got no more room. I have to throw it in somewhere. So I'm throwing it in today. I started taking notes. And, and, and basically, you know the story. The story's a guy who was, who was free in the North. He was an African-American that was free in the North. And, and he was betrayed. And as he was betrayed, he was sold into slavery in the South. And what happened is in one of the scenes, I'm not spoiling the movie because it's long. So you're going to have plenty of movie to see. No, you got good content. You're not even remember what I'm saying. <laughs> and what happened is, 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 is they, they, they walked in. And he said, who are you, boy? And, 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 and he says, he says, he says his name. And, uh, he, and he says, and I'm a free man, and I'm from the city. I forget the city he was from in New York. He slaps him and says, you're from Georgia, and you're nothing but a runaway. I'm going to help your neighbor. Your neighbor should have already got the point. He says, no, I'm not. They start beating him. They tried to beat him down until he agreed with what he wasn't. And life has been trying to beat some of us down to where you start agreeing with what you're not. You're not a failure. You're not a mistake. You're not a loser. You are a king. You are a priest. You are a child of God. And I know life's been beating on you trying to get you to agree with what you're not. But I got some people in this place today that say, I'm breaking up under this box, man. I'm not living in a box that God didn't create for me to live in. I will be everything he's ordained for me to be. I'm almost through. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 8. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Now, let's be honest. If you're a fisherman, what you want to catch a lot of? So what did he catch a lot of? So he got what he wanted, and now he's saying, please stop it. <laughs> you said, Lord, use me. Now he's using you now. But Lord, don't use me like this. <laughs> well, what you want? Luke 5, 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' name saying, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Check this out. He's experiencing a miracle. He's experiencing the blessing. And that's what many of us are getting ready to experience in just a moment. 
But rather than celebrating and saying, God, how great you are. He says, please stop being so good to me. Because I don't deserve it. And that's because you don't understand what the cross was about. I know you don't deserve it. I know you didn't qualify for it. That's what grace and mercy are all about. See, grace is when God gives you what you do not deserve. Mercy is when God doesn't let happen to you what you do deserve. See, the truth is, the way some of us have lived, you should be messed up, jacked up, tore up from the floor. But your God has given you mercy. And your God, anybody know something about his goodness and his grace and his mercy? God has been good to you and given you far greater than what your actions deserve. Peter thought he had to qualify for it. It's quiet in this church. I said Peter thought that this was a credit application. It wasn't a credit application. It was a faith application. It wasn't about how good you've been. It was about how good he is. It wasn't about all the rights you've done. It was about the one right thing that he did 2,000 years ago. And before I finish this message, I just need to know that I'm in a church where there's some people that say, Lord, I'm going to celebrate what you're doing rather than question why you're doing it for me. Oh, no, I, 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 I need some people that say, Lord, rather than saying, why are you doing it for me? I'm going to celebrate it and say, thank you for doing it for me. I know I don't deserve it. I know I didn't qualify for it. The word valley in, in the Hebrew is the word emek, which means deepening. There are things that you can find in the deep water you can't find in the shallow water. I like discovery. Anybody like discovery? I like and every now and then, I really like the, the giant squids. And I think I like them because they just got a big old eyeball. You know, I think that's what I like. I just, they just got a big old eye, and I just think that's fascinating to me. <laughs> I like big eyes. You know, it's just fascinating to me. And, well, check this out. Check this out. You can't find giant squid in the Royal Reservoir. You can't find giant squid in Palmer Lake. To find giant squid, you got to go out into the deep. You know, hear what I'm saying? Can I tell you the valley that you've been in? That deep valley? I don't know who I'm talking to. That valley has been showing you some stuff you weren't able to figure out in the shallow water. That valley was teaching you more about you. And that valley was teaching you more about him. See, the valley showed you that you really weren't as patient as you thought you were. But then the valley showed you that you were stronger than you thought you were. The valley showed you whether or not you really loved people the way you said like you did. The valley showed you whether or not you really loved Jesus the way you said you did. And if you found out you didn't love him as great as you thought you did, isn't it good to know that you found out even when you forsake him, he won't forsake you? Oh, that valley is a deepening. It's a teaching thing. Some stuff you learn in the deep, you can't learn in the shallow water. Serendipitous revelation number nine. Don't be scared of succeeding. This valley, check this out. This is probably the most poignant point. Reveals that Peter serves Jesus, but he doesn't fully believe him. He serves him, but he doesn't fully believe him. He, he's on the usher board. We don't have that, but follow the point. Let me just make it relevant. He's in the welcome team. Serving the Lord. But he found out he didn't really believe the Lord. He's on the choir. Serving the Lord. But found out he didn't really believe in the Lord. He's working the cameras. 
serving the Lord. But he found out he didn't really believe in the Lord. He's keeping the peace. Serving the Lord, but he found out he didn't really believe the Lord. But, but so what are you trying to say? 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 Is that he was getting what he wanted, but when he got it, he got scared of it. You wanted freedom. You got it. Now you didn't realize that freedom actually has a greater cost than confinement. When you're confined, stuff is dictated to you. When you're free, you have to dictate to yourself. When you're a slave to, I'm going to help somebody right here. When you're a slave to alcohol or to drugs, you're in a confinement and they tell you what to do. But then when you get free with, from them, then you have to learn how to then tell yourself what, okay. Verse 9, 10, and 11. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon or, or Peter. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Huh? He's scared. He's scared of getting what he wanted. God has set you up today to get what you want. And the revelation of the valley is you're scared of it. You asked for a great opportunity. He gave it to you. Now you're acting scared. You asked for opportunities you didn't qualify for. You got one. And now you're scared you ain't going to succeed at it. So Jesus says to Peter, look, man. Quit tripping. Translation. Tripping is an urban colloquialism, which means stop stumbling over yourself. He said, quit all that. He said, check this, check this out. This is this going to rock your world. It's going to be like Wanda from a living color. It's going to rock your world. He says, from now on, anybody remember living color? Watch this. He says, from, let me show you something. From now on, you ain't going to just catch no fish. I gave you so many because this is your last day doing that. He said, from now on, you're going to catch men. This is what you're trying to say to me. Serendipitous revelation number 10. This valley changes everything. One valley of serendipity changed the trajectory of their lives. Bishop, what do you mean? These guys on Monday, uh, let's just pretend the story's on a Monday. These guys went from fishermen on Monday to Tuesday being staff members for Jesus as the apostles. It's slow in here. Okay, let me just come on and get you on the... Okay, watch this. This valley changed everything because these men saw God do something they didn't think he could do. And now it's changed the entire trajectory of their lives. They had planned on spending the rest of their lives fishing for fish. But Jesus says, I'm getting ready to bring you on staff. And when I bring you on staff, I'm getting ready to change your entire life. And 2,000 years later, we're reading about these men because of how they handled their valley. I'm here to tell you years from now, people are going to be reading about you because of how you handled your valley. Oh, I wish I had somebody here that says this valley, say it, say this valley changes everything. Uh-huh, yeah, this valley's getting ready to get me promoted. This valley's getting ready to get me upgraded. This valley's getting ready to take me to places that I never dreamed or imagined. This valley, shout this valley. They went 
from fishermen to being fishers of men. It wasn't the mountain that did that. It was the valley that did that. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. <laughs> See, while you crying about your valley, you know what you need to be doing? Thank you. While you crying about how they lied on you, you know what you need to do is call them and say, thank you. While you crying about how they walked out on you, you better shut that noise up. If you can't find them, then just figure out a way to get a message to them. Thank you. You know why I'm thanking you? Because this valley changes everything. This is the valley that's going to make you into what God created you to be. This is the valley where the gifts and talents that are in you are getting ready to be pulled up out of you. This is the valley that changes everything. This is the valley. I feel like preaching for just about 20 seconds. This is the valley that gets your kids serving Jesus. This is the valley that changes your family. This is the valley that's changing your future. This is the valley that's interrupting the dysfunction of your this valley. What's this? What's this? Here, here's the promise we still fulfill for Peter at the lake of Genesaret. Here it is. Psalm 126, 4 through 6. Don't turn there. Just take my word for it. Verses 5 and 6. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. Here's what it says. Those who sow. Remember the name of the valley was rich soil. Your valley has the best soil. It ain't your great days that had the best soil. It's the days to where if somebody says the wrong thing to you, you scared of what you might do yourself. Who am I talking to? The valley is named rich soil. So he says those who show in tears. I bet you Peter was crying. Because uh, you know men when we cry we pull away to cry. Oh brothers don't y'all leave me hanging like that. And sometimes we don't cry. We cry inside which is a worse crying. Because them inside tears build up a pool or reservoir inside that one day that reservoir bursts. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Here's the next verse. It says this. He who continually goes forth weeping. So I'm done preaching, but I just need to know, is there anybody that's had to weep lately? Is there anybody that's been in some pain about what's been going on in your life lately? This is the word. Somebody say this is the word. But he who continually goes forth weeping, look at what he's doing. He's just really bearing seed for sowing. All those nights you cried and all those times you felt disappointed. God said that was seed, baby. And you just didn't know what it was. And I had to let them hurt you so I could get some seed up out of you. God, nobody's here. He says you're bearing seed for sowing. Look what the word says. You're going to doubtless. Now, I, I feel like preaching like a Baptist preacher right here. You know what doubtless means? That means that this is a bona fide deal. You can take this check to the bank and cash this. You didn't hear what I said. Look at the word. He says, this person, who's the person, the one that's been weeping? So who's been weeping? Look what the book says. You're going to doubtless, check this out, come again. Listen, what's come again mean? That's your comeback. Let me talk over here because they ain't saying nothing over here. Maybe y'all will get what I'm saying. I know you got knocked back. But you need to understand it was just a setup for your comeback. Listen, what you mean? You like those groups that went out of style. You were off the scene for a little while, but baby, you getting ready to hit the stage. I, I ain't got no church in here. I said you getting ready to hit the stage with your comeback tour. High five. Four people.
people and say, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. It's my comeback tour, baby. And how am I coming back? With rejoicing. And how else am I coming back? I got my sheaves with me. Now, somebody said, Bishop, I don't understand what sheaves are. You wouldn't unless you lived in an agricultural society. Sheaves, hand me this, uh, hand me this thing here. Somebody get this thing here for me. Hand me the, uh, what they call it, an oar? Or the row? Oh, it's locked on there? Okay, give me this one. Oh, okay, that's cool. Oh, this is nice. <laughs> Wait a minute. I got a new crozier. <laughs> this all right. A sheave was what they used to, to chop and collect their harvest. It's too quiet in this church. Now put the scripture up because this is God's word to you. I'm through preaching. I'm just trying to get you excited about what God's doing for you right now. See, the question is, can you get excited when you really don't think you got nothing to be excited about? If you can't shout before you see it, you ain't not going to see it. If you can't praise before you see it, you ain't not going to see it. If you can't rejoice before there's joy, yeah, yeah. He said, not only are you coming on your comeback tour. Y'all see those groups that go out for a little while and then they come back? Then they just do that. What's uh, New Kids on the Block? Who else came back? TLC, SWV, OPP. You know me. Huh? Casey and JoJo. Who else came back? New edition. Watch this. Watch this. Have you ever noticed that when they come back, the CD cover shows them like in this rejoicing kind of a way? Last CD was all grungy. The new CD got them in white suits. Y'all ain't feeling what I'm saying. Check this out. God says, not only am I going to send you on a comeback tour, but I'm going to make sure when you go to the mall, Everybody that used to say you wasn't going to be nothing and everybody that said you wasn't going to make it, God says, I'm going to set it up so the day you go going to be the day they happen to go. And God says, because you're on your comeback tour and I'm going to show you off in front of all the in front of all the folk that said you wasn't going to make it. Watch me show you off because you're on your comeback tour. And God says, when you come back, you're not coming back empty-handed. When you come back, you're coming back with your sheaves because you're going to be collecting a harvest. If you believe that, I need you to shout in this house. Watch this. Everybody standing. I'm through. Everybody standing. I'm through. Watch this. Watch this. What's this? What's this? Peter sees God fulfill his word. It was a valley of serendipity. He was expecting more disappointment. Not only did he get more than what he bargained, but the whole trajectory of his life changed. But so what you're trying to say to me? I don't care what you're dealing with. Care what you're going through. I don't care how much you feel like, Bishop, this is so great for all the other people. But you don't know what I'm dealing with. Can I help, can I, can I help you with something? Nobody asked you that. Nobody asked you what you're dealing with. You know why? Because the prescription is the same. 
The prescription is the same. God says, Peter, I'm going to give you more than you could imagine. And not only am I going to do that, I'm going to change the trajectory of you and your friends' lives. He said, and in one day, y'all went from fishermen to the next day, your own staff is apostles. Check this out. They joined Jesus not knowing how they're going to be provided for, not knowing how they're going to live, not knowing how they survive. But they say, but if he did this with these fish, I ain't even concerned about this. All they had to do was be a dunner. They acted, they committed, they gave, they cast out without concern for the circumstances. Today, what's the one thing you need to do that you're waiting on him for? There's somebody you haven't forgiven. You know you haven't forgiven because that's your special thing you're holding to yourself. And God says, well, I want that. And if you give me that, let's come back to a time. Some of you, maybe the serendipity for you today is that maybe you came to get something today. But today, the serendipity for you is you're going to find Jesus for yourself. Maybe you came to get some of this stuff that's here, and that's cool. Maybe you came to eat. Church folk like to eat. That's cool. We're excited about it. But the serendipity of the moment is that you're going to get way more than what you bargained for. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.